0: Beyond the Headline with Aldrin Sampia on SAFM. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. It is eight minutes after five o'clock and it's time for the interview. Today, we tackle the subject of military coups in Africa, looking at why this remains a vicious cycle. Um, remember that um, with Agenda 2063, um, that was adopted by the African Union back in 2013, uh, part of um, the, flagship pro- uh, the flagship programs is silencing of the guns by 2020. Past 2020, of course, that didn't happen. Um, but now... The warning is that there is a resurgence of military coups on the continent, especially on the western parts of the continent. So the western countries in the Sahel region. Remember that uh, we've been reporting about what happened in Burkina Faso, what then happened in Mali, and now also what's happening in Niger. ECOWAS has issued a statement and has given the um, coup leaders of Niger a deadline that they must reinstate um, President um, Bazoum into his rightful place as the president of the country. There have also been sanctions that have been announced, and now Nigeria has also announced that it will be cutting the electricity supply to Niger. So we try to make sense of coups in general, and I would love to hear your take as well. What do you think is influencing coups on the continent There are internal factors, then there are the external uh, factors as well. So some scholars and experts have always argued that rising social and economic stresses have eroded public confidence in institutions of democratic governance around the world and perhaps even worse in Africa. Hence, we are witnessing several military seizures of power. But what's really behind the reason between the recent spate of coups in Africa and what's the role of the external actors in fueling these coups and how can our leaders reverse this trend? For more on this, we are joined on the line by Dr. Oliyanka Ajala, who is a senior lecturer in politics and international relations at Leeds Bucket University in the United Kingdom. Also joining us on the line is Emeritus Professor Kwesi Pra, founder and former director of the Centre for Advanced Studies of African Societies. His PhD thesis published in 1973, titled the social background of coup d'etat focused on Brazil 1964 coup, the Indonesian 1965 coup, and also Ghana's 1966 coup. So we're taking your calls as well on 614 your tweets at Aldrin St. Pierre, and our studio line is 86 Let's start off with Dr. Ajala. Dr. Ajala, good afternoon, and thank you so much for making time for us.
1: Yeah, good afternoon. Thank you for having
0: me. Doctor Jala, let's start off with the definition of a coup. What is a coup?
1: Well, it's simply when the military takes over power from uh, an elected uh, uh, president or head of state. Um, that's a simple definition, if I can.
0: Yeah, and 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 does it always have to involve the military?
1: Yes, it, it's not necessarily military, but. Anyone that is not democratically elected um, taking over power is is regarded as a coup.
0: Okay. Uh, Emeritus Professor Kuesi Pra also joining us on the line. Prof, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. Do you agree with that definition that Ajala has just uh, shared with us, or is there something that you'd like to add to it?
2: Well, thank you. Um, I would like to broaden it out a bit more. Um Cuckoos require the support of the military. Uh, in order to forcibly take power in any state in any state one would need to have the tacit backing of the military uh, because the military, ultimately, and the police, particularly, the military and the police, are the two institutions in a state which have the use, the legitimate use of institutionalized violence uh, in the state. When they seize power, they usually do so. They usually do so with certain sections of the civil institutions, particularly the bureaucracy, the civil service, and the bureaucracy. Um, so, the the question is that uh, when. When do these coups, or how and when and why do these coups take place? And for us, we, we have to look at specific cases, specific instances in each case, in order to be able to pinpoint the, the, the reasons for the coup.
0: Okay, let's then start there, Prof, um, and, and I'll give you the first opportunity, then I'll go to Dr. Ajala. What would you say is behind the coups that we are currently seeing in the western region of the continent, the ECOWAS region, the regional block there? We had Mali, we had Burkina Faso, now we have Niger as well. And is there a possibility at all of us seeing a military alliance being formed by the coup leaders who are generals?
2: Uh, what what we, what is happening in the in, in the Sahel area relates to two important factors. One is the dire economic situation for of the overwhelming majority of the people there. The the quality of life, the standard of living, the conditions of existence currently. Have become in the last few years uh, worse than they've ever been for a long time. And this is an important factor. Where people are happy uh, where citizens are contented, it's not likely that you would have cause. But when the economies deteriorate to the point that the masses begin to suffer, previously, then uh, they 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 give reason to to the military to want to seize power. Secondly, uh, you must not forget that um, the neocolonialism in Africa is still with us. And in fact in these states The French have been too slow in in handing over all the strings of power and authority in our societies to to Africans. Uh, Starting from from De Gaulle at the end of the 50s, uh, when in space of two years, two, three years, 12 states emerged out of French West Africa and French into Equatorial Africa. Um, the, the French have not really pulled out, the French have never decolonized to the extent uh, that the British, for example, have been able to, to do. And uh, French interests in in these areas are very wide and entrenched. In Niger, for example, Niger Niger is one of the very important producers of uranium, which is harvested by, by companies allied to the French authorities. And you know, uranium is very important these days, uh, it's all very important for the nuclear plants and allied allied commodities. So the combination of economic factors and uh, the the tardiness of the French to remove themselves from the neo-colonial relations, they are entrenched neo-colonial relations in Africa, are the immediate triggers of of these uh, uprisings, of these coups, of these changes that we are seeing in the region. Thirdly, I think I should point out to you that it's not only the French. The Americans also have... uh, Mm -hmm. Installations, major installations in the Sahel, in the mainly in mainly in Niger. There are over a thousand American armed forces stationed there. The French are also there. Canadians are there, and I don't know. There are other European powers also with interests in the area. So. It's a combination of all these factors that that are responsible for what we see.
0: Yeah, let's go to Dr. Ajala. Uh, Dr. Ajala, your take on this conversation and also the external factors. I guess now we're dealing with all of the external factors as well. Is that in the recent coups that have taken place? And the prof now speaking about the French, the the French influence and the former colonies of um of of of, of France is also for me. What happened in Mali, for instance, after the after the the military leader there decided to eject the French troops, um, it was Niger. It was President um, pre, pre, it was pre, President Bazoum who said that they can come into Niger.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with um, everything Prof said. Um, in in addition to the broad. Uh, Economic, um, socioeconomic situation of uh, many countries in Francophone Africa, uh, as mentioned by Prof, and uh, there they they have been uh, a lot of um, resentment against uh, foreign military occupation. So uh, when you look at uh, what happened last year when France decided to pull out of, of Mali, President Bazoum was quick to invite um, the, the military to come to Niger, and this created discontent within the military, and not just within the military, even within the country. Um, several um, well-known activists um, uh, opposed the idea. The, um, segments of the military, although many of them did not come out to say that, opposed the idea, because they felt the large presence of military or foreign military undermines them it undermines them uh, and it's one thing they are not really happy about in in 2018 um, i wrote an article um, um predicting what might happen with the u.s drone base in agadez when the u.s um decided to open the largest or to build the largest drone base in agadez i wrote an article then where i stated that this could actually be a magnet for insecurity and destabilization because we've seen this happen in afghanistan we've seen this happen in pakistan and i said this drone base could be a magnet um for for terrorists because they they, they are going to try and um, um, attack and use that as an excuse for recruitment to say well you have increased foreign occupation and that was exactly what happened so, when the forces, uh, when the military were pulled out, the, Fr- the French military were pulled out of Niger and moved into, into Mali, um, pulled out of Mali and moved into Niger, uh, it created some. In the okay. the, the uh, initial understanding was that it was built for Nigerians, for the Nigerian military and that they would have 100% access and control of this base. Three years into the operation of this base, they still do not have 100% control. There are some places they cannot enter within the drone base in their own country, based on information I I, um, obtained from the region researching and doing interviews. So um, the the large presence of foreign military is something that we can say also, to a large extent, um, resulted in this military takeover.
0: Okay, let's just quickly take this call from Bramoro, who's joining us from the Free State. Good afternoon.
3: Good afternoon, sir. How are you and
0: your guests? Good, good, Bramoro.
3: Thank you. Um, we sub- I'm from West Africa, Ghana to be precise. And I'm proud that we are witnessing coup in the western part of Africa. I wish we can have more states, especially Ghana, under military dictatorship. May- maybe your guests would agree with me. Yeah, because of the incompetent government we've been witnessing in the past years to date, there is no single progress that we are witnessing in the western part of Africa. We shouldn't forget that the western part of Africa is the first continent in the region to gain freedom, which is Ghana. But currently, Ghanaians are desperate. Nigerians are desperate. We all see NSAS movement and the rest. In Ghana, they fix the country movement that is aimed at um, admonishing the, the government to, to do the will of the people. As I speak to Adrian, if you go into Ghana, the government can't even employ people. Um, pensioners, a pensioner's pension bond has been taken by the government just to cancel debt exchange program. Like There are all funny things that is happening in the western part of Africa. Lastly, I, I, I can freely move around Sadik without having, uh, maybe have, having to pay bribe to immigration officers, But me from Ghana, for me to even go to Togo or Ivory Coast, that shares a border with Ghana. I will be subject to bribe, which is like it, it's been legalized in the western part of Africa. It's something that we don't even see in SADC So these are part of the reasons that we appreciate whenever there is a coup. Let's check what ex-president uh, Rawlings did. When, when, when there was hardship in the country, he took the barrel of the gun. He took over power. And we pray that we experience such a thing until we have competent leaders to rule Africa. Thank you, Say.
0: Thank you so much, uh, Bramoro, there from the Free State. Um, Dr. Ajala, the response to Bramoro, but also with that said, is how do we determine whether a, a coup is legitimately expresses um, the will of the people? Because, for, for instance, today, it is Independence Day in Niger and, and Neymar. There are flags where people are in support of not only the military coup leaders, but also in support of the presence of the Wagner Group.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. Um, I do not totally agree uh, with Bamora based on the assessment I agree that there is a lot of discontent in the region. Um, The citizens are suffering. There is a lot. Because I I, I agree with the fact that several democratic political leaders have taken advantage of the people. They've taken advantage of um, the people. They feel they can act in whatever way they want. And the people are revolting. Yesterday, there was a protest in Nigeria. And the gate of the national assembly was pulled down by the protesters which is um, a very a, a very strong message to um the uh, the legislators to tell them that you are not representing the interests of the people and we are not happy with you they were ha- they were afraid yesterday the legislators in nigeria because they felt that well if they can destroy the gate of the national assembly they were coming for them. So it, I, I totally agree that um, there is a lot of unhappiness, there's uh, the governance um, deficit, but I don't think military takeover is the solution. Um, look at Burkina Faso, for instance. Burkina Faso took um, the coup. Um, the reason for the coup is similar to the reason given in the J. But as we speak now, in Surgeon, terrorists have taken over more than 50% of the country. So it's not as if the military are doing better. So um, because the, the, what happens is because of the nature of democracy worldwide, when there is um, uh, a coup, you get ostracized, you get, um, uh, you, you know, you lose allies and you you lose access to vital elements of development, uh, foreign investment, um, foreign um support to fight um insurgency for instance which burkina faso lost and then we we've seen the Im- implication so it, it, i don't think i while i agree that um there is a lot of unhappiness uh, with the state of affairs of governance i don't think um, um the military taking over in all of west africa is the solution
0: Okay, and uh, let's quickly, um, let's quickly um, get the response from uh, Professor Kwesi Pra as well. Uh, prof, um, and unfortunately we're running out of time, so as you give this, this answer as well, just your closing remarks on this as well. Um, again, how do you determine whether a coup is legitimate or not? And I also base this question again on France's response to when uh, President Dabi of Chad was killed. France supported that coup, France is against this particular coup in Niger, so how do you determine that? Now the, the can coup a coup ever be legitimate?
2: legitimate? Yeah, well that's 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 the point. The, a coup can never be legitimate. If, if a coup is a, a flash, a surprise, a seizure of power by the military, on account of the fact that they have guns and can impose their will, it can never be legitimate. A coup is never legitimate. What we need to understand is that why does it happen? Why does it happen? Because it will continue to happen. Remember, coups are not restricted historically to the African experience. In the past, in my lifetime, we've seen coups in places like Greece, uh, well, Greece, they have had coups, they have had generals ruling. <clears throat> there was an attempted coup in France, in France, when <clears throat> when de Gaulle uh, went on radio and television to say, eh, Francais, Francais, aidez-moi, you know, this was sad, uh, the... Closing stages of the Algerian war. Um, coups, coups can happen anywhere because basically, technically, they can happen anywhere, because the soldiers are the only people who have force, arms, and are able to impose their will. And therefore, when they when they find for one reason or the other, that they want to change the government, which they cannot change, they resort, they resort to coups. Coups are a realignment of the structure of the elites, the combination of elites, which in any, at any given historical moment are dominant in the state. And invariably, they go with a bureaucracy. That's why we used to call them military bureaucratic regimes because the soldiers themselves can't do the work of the civil service. They can't administer everything. They have to have some groups, some social groups
0: which support them. Yeah. Um, Let's just quickly get uh, closing remarks from Dr. Ajala.
1: Well, uh, I think um, regarding what is happening now, it's... um... It's a reflection of um, a lot of things. And going forward, I just want to say that um, the coup in Niger is very significant, especially um, not just to uh, West African countries, but also to countries outside of the West. The you, for instance. Niger has been a strong ally in curbing illegal immigrants uh, into Europe so they are very interested and uh, this is a blow on the loss of the investment and the partnership they've built over the years and again for uh, west africa um Niger is um, a strong member of um, the multinational joint task force the g5 sahel and some other organizations fighting insurgency in the region so how will these things be impacted how what would happen to The fight against Boko Islam, um, Islamic State, and West Africa in the region. These are the kind of things that we should be looking at and seeing what would happen because these are very serious things that could pose significant consequences.
0: Thank you so much for your time. Dr. Oliyanka, Oliyanka um, a Ajala, Senior Lecturer in Politics and International Relations at Leeds Beckett University in the United Kingdom, and also Emeritus Professor Kwesi Pra, Founder and former Director of, of the Centre for Advanced Studies of African Societies. It's uh, two minutes after half past five.